Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Kennel Kelp Holistic Healing Hour. And thank you, one and all, for being there. Invited audience in some cases, if you were able to be there. Ubiquitous. However you got here, we appreciate that. And in just a moment, I think it's going to be well worth the wait for you and welcome. And we grow exponentially with your help, and we are continuing to grow. So we appreciate that. I wanted to squeeze that in. And I want to jump right in because I just had the great pleasure of staging some of the pleasantries with my guest, Tim Doyle here, who's anxiously waiting in the bullpen, if you will, proverbial bullpen. So I'm going to jump right into his bio. And y'all know about my cataracts and all that's all good. We're going to get through this. So Tim Doyle, who is indeed a student of the Golden Ones, he's going to expand upon that momentarily. Hope you guys are strapped in. If you're not familiar with us, here we go. Here we go. And I mean that with all due respect. Tim Doyle received many visitations from spiritual beings, channeled three books based on the teachings of the Golden Ones. Ordained metaphysical minister, Reiki master, love that, I love all of it, but love that, certified kundalini yoga instructor, drank the Eyahauska, and you'll help me on the pronunciation, the noted Eyahauska, several times with the shamans, of course, in Peru, raised the kundalini energy during meditation experienced and out of body as well as as well as astral my bad trans traveled sorry had an encounter with a ufo we just talked about that in the green room a little bit he's been trained on the purpose of life who each soul on earth and the inner kings i'm sorry of the conscious subconscious and universal mind taught the techniques to remove all fears feels of self and others immediately among others tools to enhance a soul's journey he'll definitely clean up that a little bit welcome tim welcome for being here and we're going to let Tim just go unfettered a little bit because there's a lot of information and he and I will pick it up somewhere when the time's appropriate. Tim, welcome. And by the way, Tim's calling us from China today. He just enlightened me about China quite a bit. And we're so glad to have him, especially with the 15 hours time zone. He's doing us the favor, but I think he's a night owl like myself. So that's great. So Tim, welcome. That's true. Thanks for being here. And please take it away, please. Bill, it's my pleasure to share the teachings of the Golden Ones, and uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, that's I guess that's my purpose in uh, this carnation here, is to share their teachings to uh, inspire every soul on earth that they're here to train to become a co-creator God. And if they can embrace that, the, the power of the universe will assist them and um, for them to overcome their challenges in this um, spirit week, I call it the Earth Spiritual Training School. All souls coming to Earth are here out of their love and dedication to God for being created in the image and likeness of God. And so we're here, we're here training to become a co-creator God. We're in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, we're one star, one solar system in the Milky Way galaxy, and there's uh, 
hundreds of billions of stars in our Milky Way galaxy. And there, this is just one galaxy. And there's hundreds and billions of galaxies in the universe. And so God needs co-creator gods to assist in the oneness of creation to manage these solar systems and to assist the, I won't call them aliens, I'll say brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters on these planets to assist them in their soul development. So that's our purpose here um, to train to become a co-creator God and to, um, and to work towards the oneness of creation. Now, Go ahead. I'm how did I... No, it's okay. Uh, <clears throat> I started to meditate back in 1972 um, after a psychic reading with uh, my spiritual teacher then, a uh, female ordained metaphysical minister. And um, she just told me a lot of things about myself. And I says, how can I do what you're doing? And she says, meditate. So I started meditating, and uh, I started having experiences uh, after about a couple of weeks, Bill. I actually, my, when I say experiences, it was, I always, I've always been guided with my thoughts. I always listen to my thoughts, um, not the thoughts that tell me to do something, um, to steal something or so forth, but the thoughts that tell me to do the right thing. There's always that thought in your mind to do the, the right thing. And I've always listened to that thought. And so when I started to meditate, they were teaching me to just relax and allow the thoughts that came into my mind just pass through and so forth. And so after a few days and I had some uh, <laughs> I had some thoughts in my mind, Bill, that I was embarrassed to have those thoughts in my mind. And uh, after a couple of days, those thoughts went away and my mind was clear. And then I started to have experiences in my body, um, colors. I started to see colors and numbers. And what I didn't realize at the time is I was opening up my chakras. My chakras were opening up and being activated. Uh, Bill, at the time, I didn't even know what a chakra was. Uh, I didn't know what was happening to me. I just knew that it was wasn't I was calm, I was relaxing, and these were the things were happening in my body. And I, I said I started all my meditations with it's called the prayer of protection. And I say this prayer because um, it protects me when I'm in meditation that if anything happens to me, then I know it's a divine that I don't have to be concerned or go to fear or anything like that. It's, it's being divine orchestrated. And all I need to do is just relax and flow with whatever happens in my body. So that was my consciousness in going into meditation. And I was meditating out of my love for God. That was my purpose. Yeah. And, and I felt that in my heart and in my being that I am meditating. I wanted to be the best servant on earth to support God. It was my intention. So I started to experience um, my, my um, chakras being activated. Colors was the root chakra. Colors and beautiful, Bill, beautiful colors. Colors that I have never seen on earth. They were just beautiful purples and greens and blues. 
And I've never seen these colors on look, earth. Look they were beautiful the colors. Aren't they, aren't they so vivid for those of us that have, aren't they just so vivid? Continue, continue. I'm sorry. Continue. They are. There's just, you just sit there looking at them saying, oh my God, what beautiful colors. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then after a couple of weeks, I started to feel some sensual uh, feelings in my genitals yeah. and sexual feelings. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm not thinking anything sexual. Why, yeah. <laughs> why, why am I feeling these feelings here? And that went on for a couple of weeks. Very pleasant, sensual feelings in my genitals. Yep. And I just relaxed and just... Uh, Continued the meditation. And then uh, the third chakra was a pulsation in my solar plexus, which is right around behind the breastbone. And when it started to hit, take place, it was almost like a loud beating of the heart, but it was very physical. It was, uh, and I didn't know what, I, I, I thought it was my heart at first until I started asking questions with my spiritual teacher and she says, well, it's probably your solar plex. I thought, okay, it's my solar plex. Not, I didn't even know what my solar plex was or what the purpose of the solar plex was or anything like that. It was the third chakra. And then it went on after that. Uh, when it moved up to my heart chakra, I started hearing tornado sounds in my ear and energy. I'm sitting there. There's an energy that came into the palm of my left hand. And it's uh, working up my arm. It got to the cavity of my body. When it hit the cavity of my body, uh, there's a tornado sound in my ear. My, my solar plexus pulsating. I take on this rhythmic breathing, uncontrollable rhythmic breathing, like <laughs> I'm breathing like this. <laughs> and it's like I'm just sitting there witnessing what is happening. And then all of a sudden, this light came into my mind's eye. And Bill, I don't know if you know white phosphorus. I, I do. do. You know white phosphorus. But, but can you please expand upon it for everybody, though? Please continue. White phosphorus is the most brilliant light um, that on Earth that I know of. We worked with it briefly in the military where we needed goggles to work with the white phosphorus because it was so brilliant it could blind you. Correct. So sitting there and with all going on, all of a sudden in my mind's eye, this brilliant white light um, is there. And it is so bright. I've got I'm all, My eyes are already closed, and I'm trying to get away from this white light, and I can't get rid of it. I'm, I'm squinting my eyes down to try to get rid of the light, but I couldn't. And then after, my goodness gracious, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 seconds, I started to spiral up, and I spiraled out of my body. And I was living on the Chesapeake Bay at the time, and I was over the Chesapeake Bay, and well, at that time, if I knew what I knew now, I could have gone any place in the universe. <laughs> I didn't know anything. So as soon as I got out of my body, I just sent a thought to my teachers, please, uh, please return me to my body. And before I could finish the thought, I de-spiraled down back into my body. And then I started research about what happened to me. And at the time, I was taking classes, metaphysical classes. I was studying to become um, 
you know, I was taking these classes with this ordained uh, metaphysical minister. And you could just take the classes to be this or you could become a metaphysical minister. And my teacher said, become a metaphysical minister. I didn't know why. So I says, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll get the degree in becoming a metaphysical minister. But it seems I didn't know what they were doing. They were preparing me to have credentials Correct. to re- later on in life to represent them that I have. Uh, <clears throat> I became a metaphysical uh, t- uh, minister, a Reiki master, Kundalini yoga instructor, <clears throat> drinking the ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only the when you drink the ayahuasca in Peru, you also drink something else uh, called it's called huachumi. The ayahuasca is to mm, when you drink the ayahuasca, you go into uh, a ceremony that takes about six hours. Right. You drink it and then you travel for for about four or five hours, and then you come back and you you share what you experienced during your journey. Uh, the ayahuasca, I mean, the wachumi was something we did. You, you do the ayahuasca three times, three or four times in a 10-day period. Uh, you do the wachumi just once as you're leaving, and it gives you a, it opens up your feeling body where you feel more. Your resistance, your resistance are more relaxed and you're more open, more jolly, more, more of your own spiritual self. So, um, doing, doing the ayahuasca, I came home from work one day. I was a government worker, and I always spent my free time, my vacation time, traveling around the world to, to visit. I don't know. I was just motivated to go someplace and, and experience uh, what the spiritual culture was around the world. And so... Um, I come home from work 9.30 at night, and they said, take a trip. I says, okay, where should I go? They said, visit a shaman. So I got on the internet, and I found a shaman in Peru. I says, okay. And it took me about 10 minutes, and I signed up to go to Peru uh, to work with a shaman, not knowing what they did or anything like that. And so I scheduled the time during Christmas time because that's when I had – being a government worker, you have a lot of time off at Christmas. Correct. And so I, uh, I fly into Peru, and then the next day we took a flight, early flight to Equita, Equita, Peru, Peru, which is the inner part of Peru near the jungle. We get in a boat, and there's about 16 of us in this boat. That's all he can, this shaman can handle is 16. And the shaman was from, um, Born in the United States, his, his, unfortunately passed away uh, two years ago. His name was Howard Law, Lawyer. And, um, like an nice, attorney, like, lawyer, lawyer, attorney yeah, last name, like an attorney lawyer? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, he was tall, uh, and his, his background was uh, botany. He, started bot- he studied botany in Tennessee when he went to school and he knew everything about plants and, yep. and so forth. So he was perfect for the ayahuasca. For sure. And so um, we take, we get into Equita and then we all get in this boat and we take this boat ride for an hour to go into the middle of the jungle, uh, up this river, a small river. 
And we start to depart um, from the boat. And someone said, Howard, when are we going to do our first drinking of the ayahuasca? And I go, I go, drinking of the ayahuasca? He says, yeah, we're here to drink the ayahuasca. I says, what's the ayahuasca? He says, you don't know what the ayahuasca is? <laughs> Bill, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I bet you my teachers were laughing so hard at me that they got me up there to drink the ayahuasca without uh, me even researching it or anything like that. And probably if I researched it, I would have been fine with it because if they I tell me to do I something. Want, that's one thing I wanted to interject. Maybe kind of backhandedly, it was even better that you were that naive because there was no reservations because you didn't even know enough at that point of what's a reservation. So it might have been more beneficial under that from But I bet they did have a friendly chuckle or two. Continue. I bet you they did too. I kind of chuckled with them. I kind of looked up at them and I said, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Because uh, yeah. I'm always in communications with them. So this place, Bill, was uh, in the middle of the jungle, no electricity, no running. Well, the running water was from a, uh, they had a pot of water up in, in the sky that you turn on and a gravity fell and so Got forth. It. Got it. But it was after my first year there, I went back four more years. It was such the most spiritual and an enlightening experience of my life. And I became a good friend with a shaman. And the other shamans there, uh, it was just a great experience. And and not only that, I got to learn many, many things in my travels during, through the ayahuasca. They taught me many things about the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the light body, um, just, just so much to bring back and share with all my brothers and sisters to assist them in their spiritual development and spiritual awareness of who they are and, and so forth. Um, it was just, I'm, I'm so blessed, so blessed with the many experiences I've had. Huh. Awesome. I want to share a real quick now, story. Now. I'm sorry, if I could, I want to share a real quick Go story. ahead. I'm a, I'm a Reiki too. I'm a Reiki too. So in one of my trainings, it goes to the point about Kundalini and the area, genitals and all of that. Because, because, my test, you'd have to be there. My test person on the hands-on, you know, doing the head and the, and the chakras and the, and the healing through the hands. It was a, stay with me, everybody now, please. It was a female. So, you know, I was a little apprehensive to start doing the technique in that, for the obvious reasons. Here's, here's the semi-funny part. It was the instructor's 13-year-old daughter. So I kept going like this just to make sure that, you know, we're all... And we never even had to say the spoken word is the point. He didn't have to go like this or whatever. I felt it, that it was okay. But, I mean, I was a little uncomfortable. It was his daughter. Yeah, yeah I can understand. So please continue with your story. I just wanted to... No, no, no. That, listen, Bill, anytime you want to interject anything about you. your sharing and so forth, Thank you. it's welcome. It's but, welcome but and it's appreciated. That, that, you, that you where I kind of cut you off a little bit. Continue. No, you didn't cut me off. That's fine, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Well, getting back to my first experience with the Golden Ones, I, I, was, I was in meditation one afternoon, came home from work, 
It's probably about 3.30 in the afternoon. And I always used to come home and try to, you know, when it's quiet, take time, go into meditation and just review my day, say hi and so forth. And um, this is when I was going through my ordination uh, for my metaphysical, uh, becoming a metaphysical minister. And all of a sudden I closed my eyes and Bill, this light beam, golden light beam, here in my mind's eye, as clear as I'm looking at you right now. I mean, it's like my mind just opened up and there was this radiating light beam. He was, the light was just golden all around him. He was dressed in gold garbs from head to toe. He had a gold sash around his waist. He was, and he, he, he was dressed like royalty, I would say, because you think of people with gold, that's royalty. And he, I looked at him and he reached around his neck and he took off a necklace that floated across from him to me and he put the necklace around my neck. And then and I went out and had the necklace made. What it is, it, it was gold. When I had it made, it was gold at the time. It's an inverted triangle. Inverted triangle. And uh, this is made out of uh, multivite which is a meteor stone. Uh, I, I, I ch- <laughs> they, chose, they told me to change it from, from a gold uh, inverted triangle to a, a multivite, I think because it's, it has the better connections with alien forces. I didn't do that until about a couple of years ago while I was in China, I found the stone. I wasn't gonna do it. And they said, get it for your birthday. And I said, Okay, they can, I thought I was. I said I wasn't going to pay eighty dollars for that little stone, Correct. and they said maybe get it for your birthday. And I thought I said okay. I thought that was a clue from them. They don't tell me what to do. They recommend things for me Got to it. do, and I I always listen to them. And I figured that if they're recommending something, I better do it. So he he put this necklace around my neck. And that was it. Um, I just went out and had the necklace made to remind me of that day and that experience, thinking like I didn't want to be 50 years from now and forget about it. I had a reminder of what happened to me that day. Correct. Well, I, I've always had, since then, I had visitations from... I call them the Lords of Amente. I don't know if you know who the Lords of Amente are. They're the by, Lords by from the, the inner. Term, by, the tr- by the term only, in my own case. Continue. By the term yeah. itself only. Yeah. They're the, they're the gods of the inner earth. They sort of like keep things together in the inner earth. And a couple of times they come to me and they come with a voice. It's like, I don't see him. All I hear is his voice. And the voice sounds like it's this, this, this cloud in the sky with big cheeks and it's blowing out in a deep voice and it's, it will tell me something. One time it told me, woke me up at like six in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, and it said, chemotherapy, <clears throat> chemotherapy kills the cells in the body. 
that says you do not want to kill the cells. You want to transition the cells from disease to healthiness. And I thought, okay, so that was that was back in 1992, three and four. That was one time. And another time they told me something. Uh, this one time I went to bed at, on a Sunday night. It was nine o'clock. And as soon as I laid down, I went and this voice came in and it told me, it says, these are the three things you have to do to have a successful, peaceful, loving life. And they were so simple. And I, I, and as I started to wake up, and as I was waking up, I could feel my, my spirit coming back into my body. And I woke up, and um, it was, I was only asleep for about a half an hour, and I got up to go to the bathroom. And my wife says, are you okay? I says, yeah. I says, I says listen. I got to tell you, I just had an experience. They told me the three things to do in life that are so simple. Yep. I says, I'll tell you in the morning. Woke up the next morning. I could not remember what they told me. Yeah, yeah. It was gone. It was gone. I, I, I'm sure it was something like tell the truth, be honest, and be loving. I'm sure it was that simple like that, Bill. But I could not. I could not remember it. Um, and another time, I was sleeping, and three twelve-foot beings came into my dream state. They were twelve feet tall, no faces. They were dressed in monk clothes, and the one in the middle was speaking to me with his thoughts. And he said, "We want to teach you about thoughts." I said, "Okay." And so we all took this journey through the sky and I could see myself it kind of remind me like Peter Pan when Peter when Peter Pan the kid was floating going to never neverland or wherever he went and so forth and we got to a wine cellar and um the three of us were standing I was standing there with the three of them and he says I'm going to send two to the other end and I'm going to tell them to do something and then uh, he's sharing his thoughts with me. He says, I'm going to have the moon move the wine cask from the bottom shelf to the middle shelf. He says, watch. And so he turned his attention away from me towards the two way at the end of the wine cellar. And they, I didn't hear anything. And they moved the wine cask from the bottom shelf to the middle shelf. Then he turned to me and he said, that is the power of thought. So I thought, okay. And then that was the end of that visitation. I woke up knowing that I just visited them. And I spent the next 20 years teaching meditation classes based on thoughts and feelings. I was guided into knowing that uh, to have a thought it's, initially, there's a feeling that goes with of every thought. And so they were sort of teaching me about thoughts and feelings and the creative mind and what's necessary for to create or manifest something in your life. You have to have a feeling. And this feeling is you have to have a feeling and an intention. And this is whether this is how 
the universal mind determines whether they're going to synchronize and bring your dreams and desires into manifestations based on the intention of your creation. So that's just an off subject. So going on from there, um, I had a, I was to walk, I told you about I walk at 3.30 in the morning. So this one morning I'm walking and um, all of a sudden, I'm 3.30 in the morning, country road, pitch black. Um, I walk about three miles. It's a, it's a walk in meditation. I talk to my teachers at that time. I go over my day, um, responsibilities in my life, challenges, how to work things out and so forth. And so as I'm walking along, I get this feeling like someone standing behind me, Bill, standing right behind me. And I go, wait a minute. I didn't hear anybody. I said, but I got this feeling someone is standing behind me. So I had to turn around to look. Uh, And when I turned around, nobody was there. I said, huh, okay. So I continued my walk. I came home. This was a Sunday. Uh, the next day, it's a Monday night, and I, at the time, I had four boys, and it was 8.30 at night, and my wife comes in. She says, I think we need to talk to our youngest one. And I says, okay. I says, why? She says, well, when he goes into the bathroom, he thinks he's going to see someone standing behind him when he looks in the mirror. I said, okay. I know what happened. I know what happened. I said, okay. At that time, I had a meditation room. It was a green room. I I painted all my rooms a different color to represent represent what the room was supposed to be. And so the green room was for healing. And I would do small meditation classes in there. And uh, so I said, all right, have, have him come up to the green room. I'll talk to him. So he's sitting across from me and, uh, I know he's got this attachment, so I say, listen, uh, I'm going to say this prayer. I don't know whether it's going to work or not. It was the prayer of protection. I used it in my meditation, and I didn't know um, if this is going to work or not, but I'm going to say this prayer. It only takes like 15 seconds. Let me know how you feel. And so uh, I say the prayer. And as I just finish up, he said, he goes, he goes, it's gone. I says, what do you mean it's gone? He says, well, as you started to pray, say the prayer, I could feel this and things going out of my mind, out of my head. He says, it's gone. And <laughs> he says, can I go to bed now? I go, yeah, you, you can go to bed now. <laughs> so what he was, what I learned is the prayer of protection their souls are trapped on this earth. They're not ghosts. They're trapped souls. At the time of death, we have free will. We can go on to the next level of soul development, or we can stay. If we stay, we're trapped. Okay? We're trapped unless someone comes along and becomes a gateway to move their soul to the next level of soul development. And so um, they taught me that the prayer of protection is the key to assist souls to move to the next level of soul development. And so, Bill, in my travels, I would get um, I would get 
working with someone, they would tell me that this soul is trapped or I'd go to cemeteries and I would say the prayer to soul protection, uh, the prayer protection, and I could feel souls, energy moving through me like my son was experiencing. So I knew that this, I was becoming a gateway for trapped souls. And I know that um, I teach classes here and uh, I teach English classes here in China. A one-on-one to uh, eight, seven, and eight-year-olds to fifteen-year-olds, and uh, they're the most intelligent, charming, funny little kids. Um, and it is—it's awesome. And I get to I communicate with these kids that know—they only know Chinese, and here I'm trying to teach them English, and it's like so uplifting when I can get them to speak English or understand. Um, I, I teach them phonics, the pronunciation, and when they get it and start doing it, it's such an uplifting feeling for me to know that I'm I'm helping these little kids. Well, periodically, what happens here in China is the grandparents raise the children. Both parents go to work, and the grandparents will be with the child from the day it's born until the day they die. And when they die, they don't want to move on. And they'll stay and they'll become attached to the child. And so periodically um, during my communication with the kids, because I encourage them to speak English, they don't speak English. They can read English. They can read English very well, but they don't have the confidence to speak English. So I'll ask them questions to get them to speak certain questions like, do you have any fears or so forth? Or are you afraid of anything? And what's your favorite color? And if it comes up that they're afraid of something and it's based on an attachment, I'll, I'll remove it for them. I'll just say the prayer protection and release it from it. And they'll tell me if they're having bad dreams or anything like that. And uh, just, to just remove these fears and unwanted feelings from them. Very, very... <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, like with you, uh, uh, um, People are guided to come to me for assistance or they don't know it, but I know that my teacher sent them for some reasons and I have to find out the reason. Right. So, so I taught meditation and I had, I learned now how to assist souls if they have an attachment. And so I use it if I travel to a cemetery. Now I came to the cemetery in China largest cemetery because the Japanese came over here um, in the in the 20s and killed millions of people. And I went to the cemetery and I said the prayer protection, not one energy came through me. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. That today, and that told me that there's a lot of souls that just uh, that don't want to move on to the next level that they want to stay where they are. So I get, let's jump to 2012. I'm in New Zealand, southern New Zealand, the South Island. I'm in meditation. And it's uh, 2012. And if you remember, the supposedly the Mayan calendar ends on 21 December 2012. It was going to be the end of the world or something crazy was going to happen. Well, in reality, what really happened was 
is our solar system ended its journey around the Milky Way Galactic Center on 21 December 2012. And at that time, before that time, we were in the third dimension reality. When on 22 December, Earth and our solar system moved into a fifth dimension reality. And what that meant was that the Earth was vibrating at a higher frequency, not out of a frequency of, of low vibration, because what happened is about 10,000 years ago, Earth traveling through in our solar system and the universe, our Milky Way is constantly moving through the universe, constantly moving, and it will go through different dimensions. And so about 10,000 years ago, Earth went through into a third dimension reality. And at that point in time, the vibration of the Earth was so low that the golden ones who were teaching in the fifth dimension prior to this had to leave the Earth teaching school because the vibration was too low for them. Okay. Tim, can I ask something real quick? I'm getting I'm getting sure. a message that your browser won't allow recording. So I have a message into support just to let you know. I don't quite understand that. If the very worst thing happens, which I don't think it will, we'll definitely do this again. But I'm not sure if you're getting any kind of message on your end. No, I'm, I just... No, that's okay, Bill. I just noticed browser not allowing to record. Let me check that's something. Right. Hold on. No, yeah. my VPN is working. Okay. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. We want to. Uh, we want to. We want to make sure we we assist here. Okay. Okay. This On this end, but hopefully that my support has something to do, you know, for an answer. So I got something into them, and I'm kind of waiting on that end. And I'm not sure if we can do something here. I'm so sorry. I want to make sure this gets on tape. And you know yeah. what? I got, a, I got a kind of a gut feeling that it might, and no no reflection, I think it might be in the bot world, if you will. So let's just continue. And we'll get this done, even if the worst case scenario, it doesn't accommodate. Because we're hearing each other and seeing each other. So I think we might be okay. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, Bill, that's okay because um, we talked about Lucifer. There's it, energies like that do not time. want to. Walk in the side. That might be a perfect time to maybe go to that point. Please do. Please do. About Lucifer there's the energies when I yeah. interfering with these these uh, sharing of information. Uh, it happens to me. Crazy things happen to me when I set up a podcast. And uh, there's interference, and I, I sometimes I have to cancel a podcast because something happens where my my computer breaks or the VPN connection breaks down or something like that. So as well, long as we're going, I hope your I hope your connections aren't saying anything about don't talk to this crazy old guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I've been looking forward to talking to you, Bill, because I appreciate sharing the teachings of the Golden Ones, and um, just just if it's if I only help you, then uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So. 
you've done a great job. And, and again, everybody is open for help. I please understand what I'm about to retort. I actually do a segment, not not to the degree of yourself, but we talk a lot about these things and have experienced not so much the outer body. I experienced the outer body in, in an NDE when I was a kid, a whole different thing. But I have a lot of a similar familiar familiarizations. I need to expand. And but I think it's going to do not that it's not helping me. I think it's going to do so much to open the gates for the people that are that are listening to this. Let's face it, Tim, wouldn't you agree for whatever the reasons are and probably all the wrong ones? A lot of people are confused, perplexed, wondering, scratching their heads and so forth. So I think there's a conundrum of confusion, if you will. Yeah, Bill, I've talked to people about meditation and they say, oh, well, I meditated like 20 years ago, but I yeah. started seeing colors and feeling things. So I stopped right away. I thought it was the devil. And I and it's like, oh, my God, I yeah. says, no, <laughs> worse. Yeah. I didn't tell them it was the worst thing they could have done. But that's an indication that they're really getting in touch with themselves when you start experiencing. Um, Agreed. Yeah, so that, that's the prayer protection. Uh, I was in uh, New Zealand, Southern New Zealand, uh, October of 2012, and Earth was in a third dimension reality. The golden ones had to leave. Uh, one came back to visit me in 1983 when the energy started to loosen up a little bit. And while I was in meditation, a, in my, I, I felt a group of entities come and join me in my meditation. And I said, who are you? And they said, oh, we came to join your meditation. So I didn't think anything of it. I said, okay, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, welcome. And I went on and meditated. This was October. I went back to the United States after in January. And... Um, I was alone uh, in upstate New York doing my Kundalini morning exercise at 3.30 in the morning. And when I do my yoga and in my stretches, I'll talk to my teachers. And so they started talking to me and telling me things about what was going to happen. And uh, I would laugh at them. And, and I'll share this with you, Bill. They said, you're going to become a world spiritual teacher. <laughs> and Bill, I laughed at him. I says, you, you're telling me that I'm going to say something that people are going to listen to me when so much has been taught about that. What's going to differentiate me from what I say from anyone else? And, uh, and I says, yeah, it's okay. So I kind of like laughed it off and laughed at them. Uh, and, you know, here I am, I have these conversations like I'm, I'm speaking to like you, but in reality, I have always had these conversations with them. And there's, there's, they taught me to do this back in 1983. Um, I had to go through this procedure for 28 days, put a ring on my finger. And when I looked at the ring, stop and think, what are you thinking about? And if the thought was not loving, uplifting, positive, and so forth, get the thought out of your mind. And so I did that for 28 days. And what that did, 
it allowed me to tune attuned to a frequency in my brain that I'm always listening to when they speak to me. Now, I put this program, it's a 28-day program. It's free on my website. It's called the Master's Ascension Program. And it's basically a detailed instructions on how to go through this for 28 days so you can learn how to attune to this frequency in your brain. So here I am. I talked to them and I, I told them, I laughed at them. And this was February, about a week later, and I used to get up at 3.30 in the morning uh, to do my Kundalini yoga. You're supposed to do it before sunrise. And so then this one morning, they get me up at 2.30 in the morning. And I wake up, and they said, go to your computer and just write whatever you hear. So I says, okay. So I went to my computer, turned it on, and whatever I heard in my mind, I would just type it. So I got to the end of it. It was probably just a page, page and a half long. And I read it. And I said, wow. I says, and it was just common sense. It was things that had, was about Adam and Eve coming to earth and how they got a conscious mind. And they knew they had a conscious mind because they became aware they were naked. And that was an indication that their conscious mind was activated. I says, well, wow, boy, this makes sense. And I, and I got to the end and I says, I can't, I can't put my name to this. This is not mine. How should I sign this? And they said, sign it, the golden ones. I said, oh, okay. So that's the first time I was told who they were and how to address them and so forth. And so then it started that for the next, I don't know, month or so or two months, they'd get me up at 2.30 and I'd write something different. Whatever I wrote, if it was something I didn't understand, I had to experience it during the day. When I went out during the day, I would experience what they were trying to tell me. Um, and I'm sorry, that's what you would read. And I'm sorry, that's what you would recanter the next day, if you will, is what you encountered the day before, if you will. Or the same day. If they wrote, if I wrote it at two thirty in the morning later that day, I would experience it. So they, it. so I could authenticate what they were telling me and to know, yeah, this is a truth. It was a truth to me. But see, some people have truths that if it's, if it's a tr a truth is a truth when it's a truth for everyone. So someone has a truth to like they believe that the earth is flat. That's not a truth. That's a belief or a concepts. Religions are not truths. They're a belief system. Uh, don't get me on religions. <laughs> so, or me, or me either. Continue. continue. Don't, don't get me on religions. Continue. Continue. So, so I continued to write these articles, and then I said, "Well, geez, I got to put this in a book." And when I was doing, um, when I was doing meditation back in the eighties, uh, during one of the meditation classes. Uh, it came out that um, something about playing the game of life. And I said, boy, that's a good title for a book. And I said, you know what? I said, that's, that's the title of the book. So I, I wrote three books. Uh, I channeled three books. I didn't write them. Um, and uh, they're called How to Play the Game of Life. And uh, most of it has the teachings in it. But there's some teachings not in there. Um, and I don't know why, 
uh, they're on the website. All the teachings are on the website. I don't hold anything back. And I do free consultations if anyone needs assistance in their spiritual development or they just want to talk or they want to share like you. You want to talk? I'll talk. <laughs> I'll talk as long as you want to talk, Bill. Um, so so that, that kind of got me going um, with writing the books. And I wrote two books while I was in uh, upstate New York. And then I had uh, difficulties with the housing market. Uh, I had three houses when I was in the government. The housing market came along. I had to sell all the houses at a loss. Um, I had challenges in my marital state uh, situations and so forth. And so uh, I had it when like I sold the life, them. That was like the life saga for pretty much all of us to some degree. Continue, continue. Well, well, basically what I was told is that I was repaying back karma. Right. With There was something that with each of those relationships, and I had a few, that whatever they left with, that was my karma. I had to pay. One was a car. One was, uh, let's see, uh, thousands of dollars. One was this. One was that and so forth. But it was, I just took it like, okay, this is my karma. And so... And then I sold my last house in 2013, and I moved to Washington, D.C., because that's where my family was. And I had an apartment, and I set up my apartment, and I had a lot of beautiful artifacts when I moved out of my home. I had crystals and paintings, tongas, hand-painted uh, paintings from the uh, Tibetan monks and so forth. Uh, furniture and artifacts. Just my my home was always like a museum. People would come and and I would just have different things there. And so I had to sell everything. But I moved to Washington D.C. This was in October of 2013. And then a couple of months later, my teacher said, "Okay, move to China." Wow. I says, "I says move to China." And so I was under a lease. I had to break my lease uh, April 1st. And uh, I had to break my lease. And uh, I had to move out by April 30th. And April 30th came along, and I had no place to go. Um, I sold everything that needed to sell, practically gave everything away. And so uh, April 30, 29th came, and I was talking with my son because I – I would run things by him for a second opinion. And I said, should I move here? He said, no, you don't want to go there. You got to sign the lease. Don't go there. Don't do this. No, that's not a good place. Those people, you got to watch out for those people. He says, come and live with me. I says, Dan, I don't know. I don't want to be a burden to my family. He says, no, no, no. He says, come. And he has two girls. He says, I'll move the girls upstairs. They'll be together. You can have the, the bathroom in the room downstairs, and you can stay there to you decide what you want to do. So on April 30th, I moved in with him, and I was there for one month, less than one month, when I took a flight to China and uh, started my journey here in China. Now, when I got to China, I thought I was going to write a third book. I thought that was the purpose why I came to China. 
Um, and I did write the third book. I wasn't really, I wrote things in the third book to help um, the physical aspect of, of life, um, how to heal the body with baking soda and lemon and practical things. Cold showers are very good um, and such and such and such and such um, and so forth. So, but then I was, um, for to be in China, China is such a beautiful place. You can't stay in China. To be in China, you have to have a work visa or a marriage visa. Correct. And so, um, and if I, I didn't have a work visa, I would have to leave every three months out of China, come back in again, and then reapply at the end of the year for another visa, which I would have to go back to Washington, D.C., get the visa, and do it all over again. So I says, okay, I need to get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had a friend, a dear friend. I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'll tell you, it's a dear friend. And he says, I'll tell you what, and he wasn't married, but he had a girlfriend. He says, marry my girlfriend, what? only on paper. Yeah, right, right. He says, um, that will keep you in China and so forth, because he was a good friend and I helped him with his business. And I says, you know, I thought about it. I says, all right, this will work. This will work. It felt good. He spoke English. And when I first met him, I felt like I knew him. He got off the elevator and we passed and I looked at him and I says, I know that guy. Never seen him before. And later on, I ran into him again. He introduced himself to me and so forth. So I, I did marry his wife and then uh, his girlfriend. And then we eventually lived together because I was living in an apartment in his work building. And he went through financial problems. And so he moved out. He had to move out. He didn't have any money. I, where I was living, uh, I was paying more than I should have. And so I wanted to help him. So I says, Michael, let's, let's find a place together. And so we've, they had a, a son. So we moved in, we've got an apartment together where I had the upstairs bedroom. They had the downstairs bedroom. It was three bedroom apartment. And we stayed there. And, uh, it worked out perfect where I could continue to be in China do my work, and um, everybody was saying I was paying for the rent. I was basically paying for their their welfare and so forth, uh, which I didn't mind. I have a, a retirement from the United States, and in China, I don't know if people know this or not, but if I have $10,000 in my retirement coming each month from the United States, it's worth sixty, almost 70000 in China. Wow. So it's like... Yeah, it is. It's it's like the the dollar appreciation in China is seven times what it is from America. So I I had seventy thousand uh, UNs, and it's like I had you know I could help people out. So I used right. it to pay for the apartment, their food, and such and such and such and such. So that worked out until then. She her mother. Her mother-in-law was coming back from the United States and she had to move. So we had to get a divorce. So that was fine. That was okay. 
But then I was in China and I was not married and I needed to get married. And so this God's honest truth on this bill, I, I spent two weeks talking to my teachers. I says, listen, I says, you've got to send me a goddess because we're here. This is, you know, I embrace that I'm working to become a co-creator God. Everybody should embrace their consciousness that they are here to become a co-creator God. And I says, I need to find a co-creator goddess who will support me. It's just got to be a goddess. And so every day on my walk, I would take a walk and I'm saying, where is she? Where's my goddess? Where's my goddess? And so um, this went on for a couple of weeks. And then my friend Michael said, listen, he says, I'm going to take you to this place. It's a singles place where they find people, somebody. I says, okay. So we go there and um, there's like three or four ladies and they all had their own requirements and such and such. And so there was one there that um, um, let's see, was I, I wasn't like overwhelmed about her or anything like she was a very attractive lady but it wasn't like okay uh i needed i didn't know i didn't know who she was or anything like that usually what i do is i do astrology and numerology report on someone to see if i'm compatible with them i didn't have the opportunity to do it with her so um this was on a friday so i said uh she agreed that we should get together so I says, okay, uh, why don't you come to dinner tomorrow night? And we would have dinner. At the time, I had my own place. And uh, right across from, Michael was across the hall, and I, he found me this place right across from him, which was convenient. And so I says, why don't you come to dinner tomorrow night? She came to dinner, and we had dinner. And uh, that was... 17, 16, that was 2016. And uh, we've been together ever since. Um, and this, Bill, they, they, my teacher sent me the perfect person because I can be demanding. And not demanding, but I want things. And it's like, what I, here's what I tell people. If someone, if you want something, Bill, when do you want God to give it to you? Right away, right? You don't want to have to wait for it, right? Right. right. So when someone wants from something from me, I want to give it to them right away because when I want something from God, I want it right away. I don't want to have to wait for it. So that's what I do. What she does for me is no matter what I ask for, she gives me what I want. She'll make me what I want. She's always looking after me and so forth. I, 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 I bless her every day and so forth. She's a goddess. She is a goddess. And this is what I tell other people too. Females are goddesses. They need to have a God to wait on them. The male energy has to support the female. If the female is supportive, and the male gives the female everything she desires, she will give everything the male desires back. 
but he has to give he has to show her that she is the priority in his life and when he does that she will give him the priority and the things that are important to him in his life and i do articles on that that's the goddess god relationship and i have a goddess god relationship and it's like she makes my work very very easy for me to do these podcasts at two o'clock in the morning I tell her if, I, if i need something she she goes out and gets it i don't speak chinese and everybody in china speaks chinese and so she, she's my translator she's my cook great cook she's just uh, i was blessed to have this goddess walk into my life and and support my my spiritual path here to help other people blessing she's a blessing okay bill i'm done you've got now your questions what are your questions okay I would love to have, first of all, I want you to tell everybody about all the ways they can reach out and connect with you and so forth. But I would love to kind of segue out for this session, but take your time in doing so. I love the question about the Archangel Lucifer. And again, to my earlier point, maybe just now, because, 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 it would be a great time to clarify about the Archangel Lucifer, just because. Okay. So tell everybody how tell everybody how they can connect you and you know in all of your wares first. Okay, it's so important. And then if you maybe segue out on this session about Lucifer, because we're going to do this again. It's so deep, and we we have so many things to talk about. So continue, please. Uh, well, you can reach me at my website uh, called www.thepathtooneness.com. The path to oneness.com. I'm on Facebook as the path to oneness, but I have YouTubes under Timothy Doyle, the golden ones. And there's like almost 200 videos there um, on the teachings of the golden ones um, on YouTube. YouTube, Timothy Doyle, the golden ones. Um, I don't, all my, everything on my website is free except for the astrology charts and my books, my books were free, but no one was were buying them. So they recommend putting a price on the books because if the books are free, they say no one will buy them. <laughs> is, is crazy. crazy. Yeah. So the books, the books were free and there's a price on the books now. Um, so that is my website and how to get a hold of me. And I do free consultations if you have a situation and I have a meeting room on my website. We go there just like this and it's um, I don't record it. I just we're able to speak face to face and communicate and for about an hour. So I do free consultations. So Archangel Lucifer, you know, they say, oh, he he's separated from God and he's a. Uh, He's an evil person and he's bad and so forth. Not at all. Do you think God would make an angel that would defy him? Not at all. My God. Archangel, that's, oh, let me, before I get into Archangel Lucifer, let me tell you about my, my experience with the angel of death. Please do. I was, it was, um, it was April 30th. 
1999, and I just got through watching a a pay-per-view event. I don't know if it was wrestling or what it was. And I was going up I was going upstairs at quarter to twelve to go to to um to go to bed. So I'm coming up the steps and my teachers say, Oh, take a few minutes and meditate. I says, Okay, I'll meditate now. I'm I was awake. And so my my living room at that time where I was living was set up in a circle for because I did um, meditation classes in my living room. So I sit down, I say the prayer of protections. As soon as I say the prayer of protection, and I see all my teachers sitting in the chairs in the room. They were all sitting there. And I thought, huh, okay. And this is the first time I've ever visualized them in my mind's eye that they were there. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, this, this skeleton shows up right in my mind's eye, and he's got rags on him. It's like a, a very scary sight, uh, Bill. And I thought, what is, I thought, is this evil? But I quickly said, no, no, you said the prayer of protection. So I said, who are you? He says, I'm the angel of death. I says, oh, why are you here? And at the time I was dating a girl in um, Canada, not seriously, but I was spending time with her. And he says, I came for so-and-so. And I said, and I started to cry. I says, you, I says you're, why? And I started to cry. And I says, I don't believe you. I'm talking out loud to this, this vision in my mind. And he's talking to me. And my teachers are talking to me with their thoughts. And I'm speaking out loud. I said, you can't be. I says, what? And I started to cry and so forth. I says, I want proof. I want proof that you are here for her, and I want proof now. So I see him leaving the room and taking the other doorway into the kitchen, and I hear a crash. Immediately, I hear a crash. And so while this is happening, on my teachers are saying, listen. They didn't say listen. <laughs> they said, it's, <laughs> they said, it's good to know if something is going to happen, you can prepare for it. And I says, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. And so the angel of death came back, sat in the chair directly across from me at the end of the room. And uh, I felt like the time was up. So I, I did the closing prayer and everybody left. So then I says, okay, now let me go in the kitchen to see what that crash was. So I go in the kitchen, and on my refrigerator, I had an, astrolo an astrological calendar for each month. And we were in April, which would have been Aries. And so Aries, what would have been showing on the refrigerator is my calendar. And now the calendar's on the floor. And I pick the calendar up, and I turn it over, and it's to the month of Sagittarian, which is the astrology symbol for my lady friend. So I said, okay, <laughs> Bill, you talk about manifesting something immediately. Um, yeah, that. So getting back to Lucifer now. So devils, I, I put that in there because when we think of angels, we think they're all, all, all in white, beautiful, glowing gowns and so forth. Angel of death is not like that, all right? 
And I, I will say the uh, 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 antidote to the story. I did marry that girl. I took her to Peru. Um, she, we had a spiritual uh, journey in Peru into the uh, Machu Picchu, and um, she came back. She left, and she went back to Canada, uh, and we divorced. But then the angel of death came on my walk one day, came back and visited me as I was walking in my walking meditation, just to say hi and that everything was okay. And he went on his way. Uh, so I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. Very. <laughs> so, so Lucifer. Now Lucifer is the guardian archangel. Lucifer is one of God's archangels. I mean, God. His role is, in this spiritual training school, his role is to make sure he's got a nickname, Bringer of Light. And what his role is, is to bring each soul into their light. And he does it through temptation. He will temptate, tempt the soul to do, to indulge in drugs, alcohol, sexual activity, stealing, abusiveness, and yada, yada, yada everything until the soul learns that, hey, I, I need to move on. I need to discipline this and so forth. So up to your dying moment, he is there tempting you to see if he can get you not to come into the your light. But he doesn't. He brings you into your light by by getting you to the point where you eventually have to rely on the God, God-embedded characteristics within each of us to make them come out in our daily life experiences by, by living a life out of love, harmony, balance, unity towards one another, accepting others as they are. There's, there's three stages of soul development. The ego stage, where when we first come here, and when we first come here, we lose consciousness, awareness of everything we have learned. Um, when I went under the ayahuasca, my first drinking under the ayahuasca in Peru, um, I had questions. I didn't know I was going to get answers. Um, when you drink the ayahuasca, the goddess ayahuasca, Ayahuasca is a plant, but it's a goddess associated with a plant. And so the goddess will give you, will answer your questions and her visions after you go through the ceremony, you go through whatever purging you're going through. And then the second half of, or the last portion of the ayahuasca experience is you get visions. Bill, these visions are like you're looking at uh, three-dimension television set TV in your mind. It just opens up. The graphics are beyond Earth. The reality of these graphics are just so beautiful. So I'm sitting there. One question I had, this was back in 2000, is what is Earth? Is Earth a prison? Is Earth a prison where we're here uh, like a hell? Or why are we here? Uh, do we choose to come to Earth? Um, or is it a prison? 
And so I'm sitting in, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden my vision opens up, and it's like the universe is in front of me. I'm in the universe. I'm sitting in a throne. I've got gold garbs on. I've got a royal crown on. Uh, I've got a staff in this hand. I got a scepter in this hand, all made of gold. Everything was like brilliant. And all of a sudden, the finger of God comes across my vision like this. And it goes down and it points to a little bitty star in the lower right hand corner. And I hear choice. So it's telling me that coming to earth was a choice, but who I was to make that choice, I was some elite soul in my previous carnations to qualify to come here to be uh, training to become a co-creator God, okay? So everybody that comes to earth has this elite status of who they are or were, and it's wiped from their memory because now what you have to do, you have to rely on the God characteristics embedded deep inside all of us and bring that out into our conscious mind so it becomes, because we become consciously aware of who we are. So um, that's Lucifer's job. Now, Lucifer will do anything it takes. He's in charge of this planet. Now, I do have to touch on this a little bit. Uh, the Catholic Church, there's things that Lucifer will give you the same thing that God will give you. God will give you power, will give you, um, won't give you, it gives you a different power. He does, he gives you power of self, of confidence, of willpower, um, sort of like characteristics of empowering each soul and coming aware of who they are, Lucifer will give you the things that will tempt you. The money, the power, the sexual pleasures, the drugs, the highs, the lows, the dancing abilities. All you have to do is sell your soul to the devil and Lucifer will give you whatever you want. He will even promise you that you, when you die, there'll be a solar system that you will have control of and such and such. He gives you the same thing that God will give you. Correct. He has that power to tempt you. So he is the bringer of the light. And it, it, his, his role is to to tempt you so much to bring you to the lowest point of your of your ego so that you then say, okay, enough is enough. I need to take control of my life. I need to discipline myself. I have to rely on what's within me and overcome all these temptations, sensual desires, and so forth. So, but there are people they sell their soul to the devil, and they get the fame and so forth. Everybody in Hollywood, all singers and performers and so forth, they sold their souls. In fact, with the price they pay, they have to give a sacrifice to Lucifer. They have to kill a baby and drink the blood and so forth. This all a reality. This all happens, all right? They're under the impression. The Catholic Church does it. 
Um, I've got recordings where the Pope during the Easter ceremonies believes that Lucifer is God and Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that whatever he's told to do to the pedophiling with boys and spiritual sacrifices and so forth and gouging people for money, that's all okay because Lucifer says it's okay and that's their God. So uh, it's just up to, you know, it, it delays the soul's progress in becoming how they were created in the image and likeness of God of bringing out the embedded God characteristics within us. So that's Lucifer's role. Now, I've had experiences with Lucifer. No, not Lucifer himself that I'm aware of. I was up in upstate New York and this lady was having, was being haunted by demons. And so I attempted to help her with a prayer of protection, which removes, if you've got an evil force in your home, say the prayer of protection. Prayer of protection will remove all negative energies from your home, from your workspace, from people on your path and so forth. So I started to help this lady with the prayer of protection. Um, I sent her an email. And as soon as I sent this email, a dark negative force came right at me. I mean, it was like, I've never felt a, a dark negative force like this before. And I couldn't see it, but I knew it was dark. And as soon as it started coming towards me, I said the prayer of protection. And it was gone. And I thought, wow, that was my only experience with a dark force attempting to um, influence me other than my own ego self and, and being right. selfish or e egotistical or anything like that. But that's, that's, that's what I was taught about Lucifer and his role and uh, temptations I and bringing the soul. I'm sorry. I think that's such a great place to leave this segment for a couple of quick reasons. And, and to your earlier point, don't get you or me started on religions. And everybody now, please take a deep calming breath and understand what I'm saying and what Tim has already said. I did six years in parochial school about Lucifer and the Archangel and Jesus Christ and all of that. My only, my only, please, everybody understand, <clears throat> it isn't the way that we were conditioned under that premise, unique to that religion. And the only reason I say that is because I have personal experience with that. So to the point of don't get me started on many religions, just because we have been misappropriated through those religions to what it really is, in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion. And I think you said that so eloquently here today. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I finished um, grammar school, I went to high school, and I, wanted to, I went, wanted to study to become a priest. I went to a seminary. And... Um, this was up in Rochester, New York, St. Andrew's Seminary. And I had to get there by nine o'clock, take a bus, so it was like an hour's drive to get there and so forth. And when I got there, I wanted to serve God. I told you this was my intention, Bill, and my meditations and so forth. When I got there, I was disappointed in the way the priest 
conducted their classes and treated the students. And I lost, I lost interest in becoming a priest because I did not want to follow their examples or be part of that organization that treated um, people like that. So uh, I did a half a year and left that school. Yep. I never made it to seminary, but it, like in the third grade, that was my aspirations to be a priest. And listen, it's not revelations or whatever, but by the time in the sixth grade, for me, I just said, I've got to contemplate my differences at however old you are in the sixth grade, 12 or something like that. And I just, yeah. decided, to go to, and I just decided to go to public school and all of that. And I hold God in my heart and all of that. It, and please understand, I am not cast, I am not castigating Catholicism. I want everybody to understand me saying that. But much to Tim's point, I, I was just disappointed in maybe the school and the in the administration, in the priests or whatever, and the sisters, unique to maybe that school. But I was disappointed, yeah. much like you said in the seminar. When you when well. You, yeah, I, I'm being guided to do a video on exactly that subject um, coming up, and I have to wait until um, they get through telling me how to formulate it and so forth before I put it into a video and put it up on YouTube and so forth. But it's right. basically, it's basically just that exposing. Well, how can you? How can you embrace being a co-creator God and pulling um, the energy from within if someone, if there's an organization telling you that you're born in sin and you have to do this, you have to contribute money to there, it brings your energy down. So uh, I've got to do an art, I've got to do a video on that, Bill, and that's coming up. Keep, keep, me keep, me keep me posted for sure when you get to that <laughs> final edit, dotting the final I and crossing the proverbial T, if you will, when you get to that juncture. And I, I really want to segue out on that note for a couple of reasons, and I just want to go to one other earlier point you said about the trap souls and all that. Real, real, real yeah. quickly. Portland, Maine, some of the histrionics of it, it, we had two great fires, and the town actually got leveled back. And there's one building, many, on the waterfront there. A lot of sea captains, you know, for the obvious reasons. We're living in these really man great architectural mansions. And they died. One particular one died and perished in a fire. And, and his wife, girlfriend, mistress, whatever. I think it was his wife. Long story short, it became a foundry much later, the building, and I know some people, myself included, I never saw apparitions or whatever. I've, I've had other people tell me, I saw the captain and his wife dancing up on the third floor and all of that. What I did feel was kind of, I felt that presence of somebody behind me and there was nobody there when I turned, but I felt this really cold breathing. The That's what was like made my hair on the back of my neck when I had hair, number one, but on the back of my neck raised right up was just that sensation like, who the hell's behind you? Please, please yeah, exactly. And anyway, it all tied into that folklore. I never saw the manifestations of the captain and his girlfriend. I swear in my heart it was either the wife and or him or both of them. 
breathing on the back of my neck. So maybe we can talk about all of that, Catholicism, Lucifer, all of your other questions in your bio. I'd love to have you back, Tim, when the schedules allow it. No problem, Bill. My pleasure. Let's leave us, let's leave us, if you can, with a prolific, where some people are in the world right now, for all probably all the wrong reasons. What, what would you leave us with as a population of the earth right now? Well, very quickly, I told you that 10,000 years ago, earth moved um, from a fifth dimension reality into a third dimension reality. And that till 20, 22 December 2012, that earth moved back into a fifth dimension reality. So all the establishments on the earth, the governments, the political leaders, the corrupt bankers, the business owners, they're all, they're all um, operating out of the ego um, mentality, and which is the first stage of spiritual development. Um, so what, ha- what will happen now is eventually, we'll see, we're in the golden age now. Come 21, 22 December 2012, our solar system went into the golden age. We do not have to die now. We don't have to die unless we kill ourselves. We kill ourselves with abusiveness. All right? and so if we live in, a, in if we take care of our body, uh, keep the body alkaline, if we keep our body, our, our light body, free from our fears and unhealthy desires uh, towards others, and we do the prayer protection, we can live basically for a thousand, two thousand years. Now, this concept, people will laugh at this, but we haven't been here before. So, um, I will tell you that I was told back in 35 years ago, Bill, I was getting ready to go to my church services and my teachers told me I will never die. They said, you will never die. (laughs) Again, I laughed at them. Like I laughed when they told me I would become a a world spiritual teacher. And I laughed at them. I says, you know, I can understand you knowing that the soul never dies and such and such. They said, no. You will never die. So I kept it in the back of my mind. Uh, this was 30-something years ago. And then as I started living life and they teaching me things about taking care of the body, keeping fears and unhealthy feelings out of my light body and out of my subconsciousness and eating right and how to keep the body in an alkaline state because diseases only live in an acid environment. So if you keep your alkalinity up, which is like, I think, a 14%, um, and you can get pH strips to monitor your alkalinity in your body, if you keep your alkalinity up in your body, you cannot get a disease. Diseases cannot live, cancer cannot live in an alkaline environment. So if you keep your body alkaline, you do the prayer protection, you, you do the prayer to remove emotional parasites, and you, you attempt to live in a loving state and accept others as they are. And just these corrupt people just understand they're in their, their early stages of soul development, and they eventually will go away. 
They have to go away. They either, because the earth is vibrating at a fifth dimension loving uh, vibration, it will, they will either have to change or they will die and come back under parents that will guide them into a fifth dimension conscious reality. So. Namaste, my friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, you, thank, thank you so much. If you would just hang around for a couple, just a couple of post-production tips for yourself afterwards. I'm going to leave it here, everybody. And please, because Tim will come back and we'll get it all together in this crazy world scheduling wise for all of us. We'll, we'll work it out. And I'm so glad that Tim's a night off like myself, especially with the time zones. And he keeps me straight on the time zones. You guys all know about I've had so many people from Australia and New Zealand, and I it's still through my people. Now it's tomorrow there, right? And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it is an, it is an adjustment and for me. It's a lot of reasons, but it is an adjustment sometimes. Like, oh, let's see now. It's really like two o'clock there. So thank you for that, my friend. Thank you for all of it. Thanks for all of your yeah, messages. My pleasure, Bill. I, I cannot wait until we get here again. So everybody, audience-wise, I'm going to say bye-bye for now. Thank you for being here as always. Continue to come back. And I think the good Lord willing, and I'll be right here waiting for you tomorrow. And the creek doesn't rise, as that old saying goes, I kid a little bit. We'll be right here waiting for you tomorrow. And peace, everybody. I just want you to leave it with peace. We'll see you tomorrow. And thank you. We'll see you guys and gals tomorrow. Bye-bye for now. And may God bless.